Welcome to The Conversation. This is Gretchen. And hi, I'm Christy. And this is Conversations to Connect. You're listening to Episode 7, where we will be continuing the conversation about unhelpful thinking styles. In today's episode, we kind of wanted to review what we've been talking about with unhelpful thinking styles, how we all have them, and what we can do about them. So some tips, some tools, um, and then we also have some questions from the audience, and thank you very much for sending them in. We're always open to, you know, specific questions, so that's what we're going to do today and focus on. And I think it's really helpful, too, when we can get perspectives from lots of different people. Like, it's great when we Mm -hmm. can pull people in here and have a conversation with us, but it's so nice to hear from so many different people before when we did our boundaries episode, all the questions that you guys have about boundaries, Um, but then also hear, like, all the thoughts and questions that you guys had about unhelpful thinking and how we think critically of ourselves. I think it really helps all of us to realize, one, we're not alone, Mm -hmm. and two, so many of us think in exactly the same way. I think every single question or comment that we got, I was able to personally relate to. Definitely. I was as well. And I also think that the things that we can do to get out of those are also similar. So if we're holding ourselves accountable to how we're thinking, how we're behaving, then we can also have these conversations with friends of ours. And a lot of people have been saying that through listening to this podcast, they've been able to open up more with friends. And that's so important to know that you're not alone in this. Absolutely. Okay, so we're just going to go through a bunch of different um, tips or ways that you can address unhelpful thinking. Some of these might work for you. Some of them may not. I think one of the important things to realize is we need a tool belt of tools Mm -hmm. to address uh, unhelpful thinking and really to address any issues, but because we're focusing on unhelpful thinking, basically an unhelpful thinking tool belt or toolbox. And something that comes to my mind is managing these tools or these thoughts that they're never going to stop. So the end goal here isn't to never, ever have an unhelpful thought pattern happen again because it's just who we are. And I tell people that come to me, I wish that I had the answer to why this happens. I I would be a gazillionaire. But it doesn't really matter why it happens. It just happens. And you know when it does, what can I do to help? Well, and that might be even the first step. It's not something I think you and I talked about, Christy, which is just acceptance. Yes. Right? Like, this when, is happening and I need to do this or I right. need to try this. When, and, oh, sorry. Um, when so, you have these thoughts that it is not for any other reason other than you're human and you have thoughts. Mm -hmm. So we just accept this is the way that I'm thinking right now. And if I want to do something about it, then we have these tips and tools to help you with that. Yes. And what works on one day might not work on another day. That's why it's important to know the things that do work for you and keep it a a small list on a note card, put it in your phone so that you don't have to try and draw from a bunch of things when you're in the moment, because when you're in the moment, it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's impossible to remember, right? Like when Mm -hmm. you're stressed, we have a hard enough time managing what's going on. Don't rely on your memory in those moments to remind you of what it is that you need to do to think differently. Um, One of the things that you said triggered my memory as you were talking about like having different tools because every day you might need something different and it's one of the reasons why we need a toolbox why you need multiple tools Mm -hmm. Um, I use the analogy with people that I work with and with myself that you don't build a house with just a hammer it's impossible Mm -hmm. so if you only have one tool that you use to manage unhelpful thinking it's not going to work every single time and it will only make you frustrated and feel like a failure and all of those other problems and that will just encourage more unhelpful thinking so if something doesn't work try something else it's always good to do very very good advice 
Um, something for me is I know going into certain situations that I'm likely to be more stressed and that's likely to trigger um, unhelpful thought. Yeah. So I know on a certain day at a certain time that there's something that I can do before going into a situation mm -hmm. um, that might be helpful um, for me. Yeah. Or interacting with certain people. Like I know family can be really stressful, certain friends, coworkers, things like bosses. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know I have a meeting with my boss today and that's something that stresses me out. So I'm probably going to be more susceptible to unhelpful thinking do something beforehand, right? Mm -hmm. So that awareness is really important. And self-awareness too. I know the last time that we were talking about unhelpful thinking um, in relationships, I thought to myself afterwards, yes, maybe somebody else is having a situation where they're thinking and it's not about me and I need to put that on them. But maybe I did do something mm. to upset a person and I need to be aware of that myself and either apologize, own up to it, or do the things that make me feel good about myself. Yeah. Um, so I personally have an overall plan. I'm very much into yoga, and I've been doing a daily meditation practice, so I feel that that helps me have a lower baseline for not getting overwhelmed as much, but it doesn't mean that I don't get overwhelmed and I need yep. other tools. Yeah. So thinking about your physical health, are you getting the exercise and the time that you need for your um, mental and physical wellness, and that's going to automatically at the beginning start making you feel better overall. Yeah, and it goes back to that first podcast that we did when we were talking about all the different ways to take good care of yourself, um, that bringing that internal awareness to, am I taking the best care of myself that I can, like Christy said, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and socially. And if you are focusing on that and trying to kind of like feed those um, needs in those areas, you will be in a better place to, to address any issues that you have, whether mm -hmm. they be with boundaries or with unhelpful thinking or anything. Yeah. When I'm tired or overwhelmed, I'm much more likely to not think through a decision to maybe... Yeah get snippy with somebody or to just stay stuck in an yeah. unhelpful thinking style way too long. Yes. So yes. the ultimate goal of these is to, like Christy said, we're always going to have unhelpful thinking. The goal is to reduce how often it happens, mm -hmm. um, how long we stay stuck in that type of thinking. Mm -hmm. And then also how intense that feels mm -hmm. right. So like if I can recognize much quickly, much more quickly, then it's not going to feel as intense and overwhelming. So mm -hmm. we want to reduce all of those things. And we can do that through daily practice, through mm -hmm. addressing those thoughts every single time they come up. And I mean it every mm -hmm. single time you have to do something every single time. I, I know that our brain is like a muscle, and so mm -hmm. if you think about it in terms of that, if you are trying to build your biceps, you're not going to go to the gym once and automatically have the body that you want to have. Right. So this practice of addressing these thoughts every single time or learning to let the thoughts go, if you do practice um, meditation, the neuropathways in our brain are similar to walking on grass, or I recently heard an analogy of rain hitting a mountain. Um, that it slowly erodes that rock over time. Yeah. And so the more that you're doing it, the more that you're practicing it, the more likely it is to leak over to the other parts of your life. But it takes so much time and effort, yeah. especially at the beginning. And um, people feel like I'm a terrible person. Yeah. I can't make my brain stop. How many times I hear every single day, I can't make my brain stop. But that's a great analogy too for making new pathways, but also think 
how long you've been Mm, thinking in mm -hmm. these ways and how you already have those ruts in your brain for how you are thinking in unhelpful ways. So I use a similar analogy, but I talk about wheel, uh, wheel wagon, like a wagon wheel Mm -hmm. on a road that if you're walking the same path, if you're Mm -hmm. going on a path every day that you make these ruts that are easy to just Mm -hmm. Continue to drive in those ruts. When you try to get out of those and drive in a different pattern, it is very hard. You're constantly falling back into old patterns and old Mm -hmm. behaviors because they are so deeply entrained. It takes time. Be patient with yourself. Be loving and caring towards yourself. All of these things are so important when we're trying to make big changes in Mm -hmm. our lives. Definitely. And to also remind yourself that this like you said, happened over time yeah. at a time where we were very young and we didn't know any better. Yep. As our brains develop, we look at the examples that we have around us mm-hmm. um, and we sort of make sense of the world and maybe something that was helpful at the time is now no longer helpful. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we already kind of mentioned it, but just to go a little bit more clearly into it, the, one of the first things that you can do is be aware of your thoughts. So not only you know be aware of yourself and what you need, but also how am I thinking? We cannot change something that we're not aware of. Mm-hmm. If we don't know when we're thinking in unhelpful ways, how are we going to do something about mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. We can't. So I know- think that oftentimes this shows up when there's a situation that's happening or a person is behaving in a way and we don't like that. Yeah. So then automatically we get into our head of, it's not supposed to be this way. Oh, yeah. Or it would be better if it was this way. Instead of acknowledging the reality of the situation mm. and seeing things as possibly being neutral, try that on for size. Like, wait a minute, if I looked at, chose to look at this through a different perspective, might it be a good thing? Right. Might this be creating an opportunity for me? Or might it mean nothing at all? Exactly. Because more often than not, that's usually what it is. Here's one idea and tip that I have that you can um, practice. So think about in terms of what are we prioritizing in our lives. Take a minute, write down the things that you think you should do in order to live your best and most most healthy life. What are the things I should be doing? I know that should is an unhealthy thought pattern, but in this situation, you're bringing awareness to what you want in your life. Or if, again, if you're trying to get rid of shoulds, what are the things that I want to be doing? What are Mm -hmm. the things that I want to cultivate in my life that I want to see more of? Mm -hmm. Instead of feeling like things that you have to do with those shoulds. Right. Another thing I want to say real quick, too, is don't think that you have to do something because it works for somebody else or that it's worked for you in the past. Sometimes these things change and be okay with that. So take uh, note of your daily routine and your practices and find ways to what I call barter your time for the things that you know are good for you. Right. So maybe I say, oh, Gretchen, I have no time in the day. There's just so much to do. Mm -hmm. I have this work. I have to uh, drop this off to this person. I have to have this conversation. Did this actually just happen? Actually, it did happen. (laughs) Christy messaged me the other day because we were planning on times for when we can do our podcast. Mm -hmm. And I was asked, I said something about like, make sure (laughs) you look at this um, thing that we're going to go over the podcast. And she responded back with, I know I'm going to do it, but look at all of the things that I have to do. And I probably listed about seven because they were all happening to me at once. And just so you know, Gretchen, I don't know if I told you this, but I was on my way to the gym. So after that conversation, I was much more... Well, and what did I say to prioritize? Myself. And Mm -hmm. yes, and I said, actually, I am headed to the gym. I'm so much clear-headed after that. But we take on so much crap in our daily lives that it feels overwhelming. So stop and say, hmm... If I need to do this and it takes 30 minutes, where can I buy that 30 minutes back? Am yes. I 
sitting on social media? Am I saying yes to something for a friend that I really don't need to do and I can take that time for myself? More often than not, and we've said this before, we have more time available to us than we realize. Mm -hmm. We're just so used to what we're used to, right? right? So I'm used to coming home and plopping on my couch and putting on the TV and playing Candy Crush on my iPad mm. because I do like to do that. But sometimes I realize maybe I don't need to be doing that as much as I do. I don't need to be mm -hmm. dedicating as much time to it when mm -hmm. I could be doing other things. Right. So after you've taken a minute to write down all the things that you want to do in your life, you take a note of what your daily routine looks like. Are you making the time for that? So um, do you have to be at every one of your kids' sport practices? And people that have kids, I don't know how you do it because... Mm. <laughs> Especially if you have more than one. These practices and games, they can take a lot of time. Or up. just homework. Like, yeah. I, I, my kids aren't in anything, not because I disencourage them, but they just don't identify as that. Mm -hmm. But even, even if they don't have those things, the homework, the time that they want to spend with you, all of the different responsibilities that we have, or the responsibilities that we feel we have because family wants to be mm -hmm. with us, or friends want to be with us, or, or work responsibilities, or whatever. That and that's where the unhealthy shoulds yes. come in. I should be doing right. this. I don't want to be doing it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right. That just creates resentment. We've talked about that in the past. So um, do you have to be, um, have the responsibilities... Um, or can we share them with share somebody them. else? Yes, right. like with your partner. Um, also, you can share them with your friends. Maybe yes. you know other parents that are involved in whatever your kid is involved right. with. And you can take turns. If um, I drop off, can you pick up? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and that's also good for building our community. We talk so much about the social aspect that um, it just seems like quite often that gets lost. Um, so taking the time to yeah. build relationships with people. So... If you can, if you can set aside those five, 10 minutes to mm -hmm. really just take a moment to look in inside and to be insightful into what do you need in these moments. I think a lot of times we use the word meditate and people think mm -hmm. of something specific. Um, being mindful about the present moment is a form of meditation. Mm -hmm. So when you are stopping and looking at, wait a minute, I'm feeling really overwhelmed in this moment. What am I doing? What do I need in this moment? Mm -hmm. What what do I want to work towards? Bringing awareness. Correct. Mm -hmm. You are doing a form of meditation. Sure. Because you are stopping all the previous thoughts mm -hmm. that you had going on and you're stopping and making a choice in that moment to maybe do something different. And to refocus. And there's so many distractions mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. I, I'm just going to use social media. That's an easy one. <clears throat> Working with people, some people have a really difficult time even taking the app off of their phone. Oh, yeah. Um, so when you're talking about bartering time, if you do take a certain app that you go to more than you'd like to off of your phone, how often do you go to just automatically open that? Um, yeah. And so whether you're waiting in line, whether you're sitting in a doctor's office, instead of pulling out your phone right away... Maybe you have some inspirational reading that you want to do, just like taking a few deep breaths. Like you said, meditation yeah. isn't sitting on on a cushion all the time. And like and listening to a guided meditation. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Just taking that, that time, so... Or like having, like you said, having a file on your phone. I constantly am coming across inspirational quotes or just quotes that really touch me. And I always save them to my phone. Um, and I put them in a little folder so that if I need to, I can go to that either for myself. I send them to my friends and family all the time and mm -hmm. people that I work with, my clients, um, or pictures, mm -hmm. right? So lots of those things that, again, pull you into that present moment, allow you to be mindful about where you are and just changing kind of the 
the trajectory of your day and your sure. thoughts. You had mentioned before, Gretchen, about the baskets, those five yeah. baskets that we talk about. And it's important when it comes to those to think, what am I putting into my body? So mm. am I eating the best things for me? That's a way for your diet to be healthy. But who am I surrounding myself with? Yeah. What am I watching on TV? What am I reading? What am I doing? Um, that Certain things and people can be toxic to your life. And so it's important to take note of, Again, what do I want in my life? Who do I want to be around? How do I want to feel? If somebody is constantly making you feel like crap... Get away. Get away. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's where the boundaries come in. And that's where all of these things intertwine, right? Mm -hmm. So I know we talked about boundaries. And even in our boundaries podcast, we started to talk about unhelpful thinking. Because everything is interwoven Mm -hmm. and connected. Yeah, Um, and when it comes to other people in relationships especially, I have an example a good friend of mine um, messaged me, and everybody is so mindful now of saying, <laughs> I know you're a therapist. I don't want to bother you with any therapy yeah. talk. <laughs> so any of my friends listening, please just like treat me like a friend too, yeah, because right. I want to hear about the things you know that Absolutely. are important. But so this person in particular messaged me um, in regards to an ongoing argument with her husband. And after listening to what was going on, I said, you know, stop. This is all about him. And again, that's self-awareness. Is there something I could be doing? Maybe there is. But if you're communicating exactly where you're coming from, it is the responsibility of the other person to hear you, to acknowledge that, and to own their part in it. And if that person can't do so because they're not mature or they're not aware of their emotions, Mm -hmm. that is not your problem. Nope. (laughs) Nope. So yeah, especially in relationships, just say, is this something that I can help change? And if it's about the other person, you'll drive yourself crazy with all of those unhealthy habits because you're trying to change how somebody else's... And all the shoulds. I should be Mm -hmm. able to help them, right? So they all go into habits, right? We don't have unhealthy boundaries without unhealthy thinking, Mm -hmm. right? So everything kind of goes hand in hand. We can't have healthier boundaries without changing the way that we think to be more healthy. Yes. Another thing that we can do is um, use neutral affirmations. So one of the things that I talk about with everybody that I work with and that I do for myself is avoid positive. But that's what everybody says. Just think positively. You know what? I want to shove my foot in your butt because that does not help me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is very unhelpful. If I have been thinking in a negative mindset for years, Mm -hmm. for the majority of my life, Mm -hmm. if I truly believe that I am not enough Mm -hmm. by telling myself, you're enough. It doesn't feel realistic. It doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't help me at all. It actually just makes me feel even more so that my negative thoughts are actual reality. I think that comes into play a lot with people that, well, everybody actually, but people that struggle with um, body image issues Mm -hmm. and eating disorders. It's that I am beautiful and I need to accept every single part of me. Guess no. what? There are parts of us that we don't like, whether it's right. physical, whether Or like you're perfect just the way God made you. I know it right. comes from a great place and mm-hmm. I know when someone says that to me it's meaningful, but in my head, I really truly feel that God messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. and that's my belief, you know? Right. Like I believe that about everybody else, but maybe I can't believe that about myself. Mm-hmm. So what you can do is instead of thinking positively, we want to think neutral. Mm-hmm. Because ideally, if we can get our thoughts into a neutral space, the majority of the time, that's where we want them to be. Mm-hmm. Where we're not happy, we're not sad, we're not either of those other sides. Mm-hmm. We're 
content. Mm-hmm. We're at peace. We're and fine. usually when you're content, it means you're not rejecting something that's a reality. When right. we're trying to reject our own experiences, that creates a lot of anxiety or a lot of unhelpful uh, thinking styles as well. Yeah. So one of the things that you can do is really pay attention to the thoughts that you have about yourself. Um, you can jot them down or you can record them if you want to, maybe for a day or even just about a talk a topic. I actually had somebody do this in session with me where they came in because they were struggling about the way they were thinking about one specific thing, mm-hmm. how they view certain relationships. And so she wrote down all of the thoughts that she mm-hmm. has about that topic. And then what we did is with that list, we went through each one and That's we reframed mm-hmm. it to be more neutral. So she said something like, I hate, I don't know, I hate rich girls. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but mm-hmm. maybe you believe that. I hate rich girls. It's like, can you negate that? I don't want to hate anyone, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to hate this group of people. I don't want to feel these ways. Can you get your, how can you put any sort of words in there to make it less negative and more neutral? Um, I want to get to a place where I am accepting of everyone. Mm-hmm. Even myself. So yes. when people have this perfectionistic sense about themselves and say, I can do anything or I have to do everything. Yes. I like the one that um, says, you know, I can do some things pretty well. Yes. There are things that maybe I can't do well. And that's yeah. just being a human being. Yes. Because, mm-hmm. right, because telling yourself I can do anything. Okay, yes, we can believe that. But ultimately, we can't. Right. I, I can't do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I say to myself, I can do anything, when I come up against something that now I'm no longer able to do, that completely messes mm-hmm. me up in my head right but I could do anything and now I couldn't do this and what does that mean mm-hmm. about me right and it's spiraling right and you said to take notes I love technology now you can record it on your smartphone yep. you can have a little notes file we can um, do voice to text <laughs> yes. yes and you can just you know record all of the thoughts that you have um and don't be surprised by how many of those there are did you know that the average person thinks 70,000 thoughts in one day. I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised. It seems like a giant number, but mm-hmm. then when you think about it, how many thoughts we can have just in like a few seconds, I mm-hmm. think it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, so paying attention to your self-talk is one as well. And, and again, mm-hmm. sh- f- reframing them in neutral ways, um, putting in the word not. So if I say I'm a loser, say I'm not a loser. Instead of saying I'm a winner or I'm a good person, mm-hmm. right? Which feels very in um, ingenuine. Say I'm not a loser. I don't want to call myself a loser. I don't want to continue to think in these ways. Mm-hmm. I want to get to a place where I'm kinder to myself right. and write those things down. Um, in relationships, it's important too to not make assumptions. Oh, yeah. So that unhelpful thinking style of, I'm assuming how you feel. Yep. I'm assuming what you think. I'm mind reading. I, yeah. And uh-huh. now I feel bad because yeah. I didn't mean to do this. And um, so I call them like stories we create in our head. It's yeah. our imagination. Yeah. Call it what it is because um, people ask me all the time, how do I introduce these things to my children? Because I want to be a good role model. Stop when the thoughts are happening and label it as your imagination. Yeah. Um, so, so, and practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. So the, here's a couple ways that you can practice these um, neutral affirmations or neutral intentions and reframing of your thoughts. One is mirror work. So mm-hmm. you've copied down all of these thoughts that you had. You've maybe turned them into more neutral statements. 
Now you need to practice saying them to yourself. And the best time to do that is when you're not in a negative mindset. So if you can look at yourself in the mirror and go through on a daily basis, maybe your top 10 thoughts that you tend to have all the time and the way that you've reframed them and say them to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Another tip that works really well, sometimes that can be really hard. Sometimes if I've been saying to Mm -hmm. myself all my life that I'm not good enough to say maybe I am good enough still is too Mm -hmm. much. I can't do that. So one of the things that works really well, and there was actually a study done about this, that when we speak about ourselves in the third person, it gives ourselves distance from it. So if Mm -hmm. I said, um, it's okay for Gretchen to be wrong sometimes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is okay for Gretchen to be wrong sometimes. Because if I said to Christy, Christy, it's okay that you're wrong sometimes. Because it's not me, because I'm not saying Mm -hmm. it's okay if I'm wrong sometimes and really personalizing it, it's much easier if we speak about ourselves in the third person. Oh, absolutely. And I reframe that to people all the time in session. I'll say, well, is it okay for so-and-so or your husband or your wife to feel that way? Oh, yes. Well, how come it's not okay for you? We're all human. We're all given the same basic rights and that's one of them to be able to have our own experience and not think that oh i'm different or for some reason i'm outside of what is you know considered to be okay like you um when you're not talking to yourself in a kind and compassionate way you're you're not going to be as kind and compassionate towards other people. Absolutely. You might think that you are, but you're not. Not as much. Right. No. So start with the third person statement. Mm-hmm. Start using it with your name. Morph that into saying it you. You are good enough. And then eventually you can move it into I am good enough. Yeah. And um, if you're not feeling like you're good enough, so maybe starting um, another step before that and saying, I deserve this. Yeah. Or, I want to see want myself to see as good this. enough. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Again, put in as many qualifying. I tell people you can say, maybe there's someday in the future that I might possibly have a small belief that it could potentially be possible that maybe mm-hmm. I am possibly a good person and, and like, do what you need mm-hmm. to do in order to get a statement that you feel genuine about. Right. And I also want to broaden <clears throat> and saying this is meditation too. Just because you're not sitting on a mat, Mm -hmm. just because you're standing in line saying something over and over in your head in order to feel good, that um, that's also learn retraining your brain. When I work with kids, um, I'll actually draw a physical train on the brain. (laughs) And because you can, it just takes that practice over and over again. And the belief that if I do this long enough, it's going to make me feel better. People do it with medication all the time. You go and you get an antidepressant and they say, wait six to eight weeks and see what happens. Hopefully, um, you know, it's medication is so hard when it comes to dosage and what it is but anyway but you're gonna wait this amount of time and hope that um you feel better do the same thing with these um right tools give that yourself that about. time so visualization is another one um maybe you can imagine a different outcome something that's more neutral or realistic mm-hmm. than um what we were thinking about being like catastrophic yeah like, i know that this is going to be what happens or building something up so much in your head that you have kind of a crash after that people do that with weddings vacations Mm -hmm. it's you're working so hard to something and maybe it doesn't live up to your expectations and then you're gonna you know feel a bad about yourself yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah visualizing maybe an outcome again that's more neutral or more positive or just realistic i was gonna say being realistic with your thinking instead of thinking that everything is going to be a disaster just think well 
if it is a disaster, I'll deal with it at the time. Yeah. You're wasting so much of your time and life anticipating things um, if you're not doing what you can do mm-hmm. in order to make it better. I like the way to reframe it. I saw this. It was like, instead of thinking it's going to be a disaster, I just know it. Or like Christy said, it's going to be perfect and everything's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Being realistic, saying, I expect that there are going to be great parts good parts and not so good parts, just like any situation, right? And that is something that can be really helpful. Also, something that can be helpful is choosing like grounding skills, or sometimes they call it an anchor. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be a physical object. I have one client who has um, a stone that she holds in order to kind of bring yourself into the moment. In yoga, we do a lot of like mountain and tree poses in order to feel yourself on the ground and get yourself out of your head. It can also be like an intention or an affirmation. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a quote that you say to yourself. Maybe it's one of those thoughts that you reframed. And those are those things that you can use when you're feeling like up in your head and not grounded, you can re, you know, bring yourself back in, reground yourself by telling yourself that intention or affirmation, using Uh your grounding object, something like that, that you, when you hold it, when you look at it, right? So it can be a picture. Mm -hmm. I know some people like that using your senses is really great. Mm -hmm. So if there's a certain smell Mm -hmm. that's calming or comforting, you might have essential oils or a little candle, yeah, like tea lights, right? That you can keep in your purse or in your pocket or in your car, somewhere close to you, Mm -hmm. close your eyes, take a smell, remind yourself, it's just this moment, I can move on. Right. And it's just this moment leads into a great idea. Um, We've talked about this before. I know because it's one of my favorite things to talk about in life is impermeance. Um, And impermeance means nothing lasts forever. So sorry that the great stuff isn't going to last forever, but but the bad stuff isn't going to last forever either. And saying that is your best friend in these situations. Totally is totally. You need to remind yourself of that. And you know, um, if your line of life is just flat and everything is just like always perfect all the time, um, that's that, the most boring life. It's the most boring. Yes. You have to have these ups and downs. It's what shapes you as a person. And people don't like to hear that in the moment. So yeah. s- sometimes you got to wait a little bit before addressing it. But I promise you that anybody I've ever worked with in any experience I've ever had in my life, when I thought something was the end of the world and it was never going to get better, it usually ended up being a blessing in disguise. Maybe like and I got met better. people. Yeah. I, I met people I wouldn't have met before. I tried something new I wouldn't have tried before. Yeah. Um, so uh, I've talked before about being divorced. And um, I remember the very first year that it was my anniversary. And I was really upset. And I was mm. talking to one of my um, very good friends at the time. And I was like, what am I going to do? The day is coming. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's the first time like you're yeah. not celebrating something and what sh- and she probably doesn't even know that she gave me this advice, but I give it to people now too because it's so great. Yeah. She said you're going to sit down and you're going to make a list and that list is going to be everything you've done this year that you wouldn't have done if you were still married yeah. um, and in that situation. Who have you met? What experiences have you had? And they're, you know, thinking about things always having a silver lining. They do. And so if you're going through something in your life right now, you're not sure why that's happening. Give it six months. Give it a year. Yeah. Give it some time. Do the things you need to do in order to heal yourself so you're not getting stuck in unhelpful thought patterns. Because if we're going through a crisis in our life, somebody we love is sick, 
uh, somebody has died, we're going through a divorce, those are times where unhelpful thinking patterns can start to set in and then you might find yourself in a pretty deep depression and yeah. have to um, work really hard to get out of that. So we want to get into the habit of seeing these setbacks as mm-hmm. temporary and specific, right? Yes. That is specific mm-hmm. to this moment, to this situation, instead of seeing them as permanent and pervasive, meaning mm-hmm. that they just are touching everything in our lives. And yeah. remind yourself, nothing lasts forever. This feeling is mm-hmm. not final. This thought is not the end of the world. Well, this saying moment, it out loud. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Saying, talking out loud to yourself is the number one best thing that you can do ever. And, I and you, can, you can also talk to a friend. We've talked about like yeah. having these conversations with people in order to have to share our experiences. It might help your friend. They might say, oh my gosh, I'm having that too. I'm so yes. glad you brought that up. Well, and you know how I love the science behind things. And so the reason why um, talking out loud to yourself is so important is, is that the part of our brain where emotional and where those emotional thinking happens mm-hmm. is a completely different part of the brain than we use to communicate with others. So we have... Oh, that's know, interesting. Right? I didn't know that. So you mm-hmm. have the limbic system, which is mm-hmm. the emotional part of your brain. It's your midbrain. It's where all of the feelings and then feeling-based thoughts come from. So when you're talking to yourself in your head and you have like 17 people mm-hmm. in there and they're all talking to each other and making you feel like a crazy person, mm-hmm. that's your emotional brain. When we talk out loud, we have to use our frontal cortex, which is the last part of your brain that is developed. Mm-hmm. Um, not until your mid-20s is your brain fully developed. So take into account that everything that you are developing when you are younger mm-hmm. is all being taught to you, and you don't have the capability to undo these things until at least your mid to late 20s. And they say for males, 30. <laughs> well, yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Um, but so... <clears throat> Because of that, the front frontal cortex and the front part of our brain is where logic, reason, ration, good decision-making skills, um, and communication happen. Mm-hmm. So when you are taking the thoughts that that emotional part of your brain is rolling around in your head and you say them out loud and you hear yourself say those thoughts... Uh, this happened to me one time I was in the car. I was just in a really dark place. I was having a really hard time. And in my head, I just kept hearing all these thoughts like, this is horrible. This is never going to get better. I don't know why you're even trying. This is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, like all this stuff. And all of a sudden, I was driving in the car and I just said out loud to myself, my life is horrible. And I heard myself and I went, what? Mm-hmm. My life isn't horrible? That's ridiculous. <laughs> But I had been sitting there for probably a good five, mm-hmm. ten minutes hearing this horrific thought mm-hmm. pattern go and go and go. <laughs> and I couldn't undo it until I actually heard the words come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. That is why it is helpful to talk to yourself. It's helpful if you can't talk to yourself, write it down. Because mm-hmm. again, writing also uses that front part of your brain. Or like Christy said, talk to one of your friends. Mm-hmm. And also look for other options or reasons in any situation, like if somebody doesn't answer a text that you send them, um, you might automatically think um, they're ignoring you, they don't have time for you, that there's, uh, you know, something about you that's going on. We all go negative. We all go to a negative place when we send a message and all of us, especially if it's a question Mm -hmm. or just someone that we like. Yeah. And I'm so guilty of this about not responding. So I'm sorry to my friends. Like, And it's not because I don't like a person, but maybe somebody sends me a text and I read it and I think, oh, yes, I need to give that a little bit more thought or that's going to take more than a quick second to respond to. And then I completely forget. We forget because we're human. Yeah. And so 
also being you know busy or doing something doesn't mean that you're not respecting the other person's time it's you have your own things going on too so and that's okay so thinking about your friend if they haven't texted you back maybe they forgot their phone well i've done that too yes so making a list of all of the Mm -hmm. possibilities not just oh no i did something wrong or oh no they're mad at me Mm -hmm. what are all of the possible reasons you can think of that this person has not texted you back? Mm -hmm. Or what are all of the possible reasons that maybe that person had an attitude when they talked to you Mm -hmm. instead of, oh no, it was me. I did something wrong. Mm -hmm. What did I do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, right. So like she's forgotten her phone. Mm -hmm. What's, um, maybe you, um, are busy. You're traveling somewhere. You're on a plane. Maybe I'm at work. Right. As a therapist, I'm with a client all the time, pretty much. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And especially if, you know, um, somebody has had an argument and they might text, maybe the other person didn't respond purposefully because they're taking a minute. Maybe they just need some time. And that's okay. Maybe their phone is dead. Maybe (laughs) they ran out of uh, data. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're out of service or out of area, right? Like there was so many reasons. We have to be on at all times for everybody is just completely unrealistic. I'm against it. I know. I think that you should be able to, I do this as well. I leave my phone in my glove box when I need to go inside and get paperwork done or because it can be so distracting that I want to check this or I want to, you know, listen to something that's not going to be helpful to me. So I literally leave it in my car for hours. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, we sometimes need time to ourselves. It's good to detach. Detach. Right. Disconnect. You disconnect and restart your computer all the time. Do it to yourself. It's It's awesome that we have this technology, but it also Mm -hmm. has created a lot of problems for all of us in terms of expectations. Yes, Mm -hmm. in terms of like Christy said, the expectations, but also just like the constant connectedness that we have. When I grew up, I didn't have my first cell phone until I was twenty-one. I'm 37 now. So I spent 21 years of my life without a cell phone. It was mm-hmm. funny because I was just talking to a client about this before that she was like, do you remember the days where like you couldn't cancel on someone last minute because you didn't have a way to call them. You know, right. they're on their way there. Right. You better meet me at five o'clock at that light pole mm-hmm. because if you're not there, I'm going to think you're dead. Yeah. And I don't have a way to get in touch mm-hmm. with you or, you know, like that kind of stuff. And so now it's just so much easier to constantly be connected. It is a good thing to be mindful about how much you're connected and how that is maybe fueling those unhelpful thoughts. Oh my gosh, because in doing um, a lot of these mindfulness practices, we recognize when you're not um, taking care of yourself or you're not bartering your time in a good way and you're spending way too much time on social media, I'm going to touch on this too because um, one of my teachers, Max Strom, says that our social media has become the white sugar of our society. Oh, yeah. It's, I need more. I crave more. I want more. And I feel terrible after that. Yep. And I don't always feel terrible after that. There are good things to do. But again, that's where mindfulness comes in. What am I doing? Um, how long am I doing it? And yeah. what is my goal of it? Yeah. Do I want to go on and check out some events? Do I want to go on and see what certain friends or family have been up to? Yes. But do I want to sit there and just look and compare with people that I don't even know, like that's not helpful. Well, and are we replacing that with actual real interaction? Sure. Because mm-hmm. I think that that oftentimes it's just easier. Like I can, yeah. it feels like I'm interacting with people because yeah. I'm seeing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm sharing what I'm doing. We're commenting back and forth, mm-hmm. maybe even in real time. Cause yeah. we're both on our phones right. at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. And so Again, balance, making sure that you're balancing out the, you know, listen, none of us are going to completely cut out 
maybe some of us are, but the majority of us are not going to cut out social media. Mm -hmm. So again, balance. How much are you balancing that between um, real life interactions? Right. And um, again, that leads into how we're feeling about ourselves, how we're projecting things onto other people and recognizing that we are very important, but we're not that important. Yeah, especially when... Everybody else isn't worried about what you're doing. Everybody else doesn't care that you forgot to, you know, wear two of the same color socks or whatever it is. <laughs> or even that, like, going with what we were saying about before that, you know, oh, no, Christy didn't text me right back, so she must be mad at me. Mm-hmm. I am not that important that right. I am the reason for other people's emotions, right. thoughts. Sometimes, maybe, but right. not all the time. Right. And I'm totally guilty of when I'm feeling frustrated or overwhelmed and it's something is on my mind and I come across an interaction with somebody else, I will be the first to admit that sometimes I come across like, ah, like I'm a little bit frustrated and I'm sure Gretchen, I come into work and Gretchen's office is right there. And if your door is open, she's coming right in. Who knows what you're coming into? <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh, I know. But thankfully I hope you realize by now, like I will be able to label what it is that's happening yeah. before I'm even like, I'm in a pissy mood, and this is why. Oh, absolutely. She comes in, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And she was like, it's a horrible day. I'm just letting you know. Let me tell you about all the things. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And guess what? After getting it out, it's really not that horrible. And then I come up with a plan of, okay, this is not the best case scenario. What can I do? What can't I do? What do I need to let go of? Yeah, but that's also important. Like, it helps me then not personalize that Mm -hmm. she's coming in with an attitude. Now, the other thing that I'm responsible for, though, is that, you know, sometimes she forgets. Sometimes Christy comes mm-hmm. in and she's in, and I do this too. I come in, I'm not in a good mood. Maybe I don't tell people that. It is my responsibility to look at the situation like, you know, there's a good chance mm-hmm. that it's nothing that I did. That Christy's annoyed that she's talking to me in maybe a snippy way, but it's not because of anything that mm-hmm. I did or didn't do. Right. Because I'm not that important. So instead of you, Gretchen, sitting there and being like, oh my gosh, what did I what do? What did I do? And running through things being right. like... Hey, what's up? Or, hey, you know, just, you know, asking questions is the best way. Being present instead of being up in your head trying to figure out what you did that maybe hurt this person. Yeah. And if you have a hard time doing that, if you have a hard time saying... Communication is hard for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Especially people who aren't taught how to do it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If they can't recognize what their emotions are and they might feel emotionally flooded by another person, especially if you're in a relationship and one person is a highly emotional communicative person and the other person isn't really comfortable with emotions that it is rough because people are different and so you need to learn whether it's a partnership or a friendship to own your your stuff and And to ask ask questions yeah Yeah. but yeah like if you are saying okay I'm trying to say that I'm not that important but it's such a big jump because I always take responsibility and I always think that things are my fault feel guilty right Mm -hmm. one of the things that can be really good is to share responsibility right mm -hmm. if you're not okay saying that's probably just Christy being in a bad mood I didn't do anything (laughs) wrong look at it from a perspective of Mm 50-50 right instead of taking all of the responsibility responsibility on your shoulders, share the responsibility in any relationship, whether it be a friendship or a work relationship or a romantic relationship, family member, whatever. No one person has 100% responsibility of any given situation. So look at it 50-50. Okay, maybe I had some uh, part in this, but I didn't have all of it. Some of this is the other person's too. And that can be really helpful to then help our own thinking mm-hmm. so that we don't get stuck in such a horrible oh cycle. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, something that came to my mind just now was hugs. 
Hugs are such oh a God. wonderful way. I have I, more science behind I, hugs. Oh, <laughs> well, and Gretchen, I know that you were actually standing the other day. I'll give an example. So um, this was leaving work, and I had gotten um, information about a project that I was working on that I was going to have to take some extra ownership of. And I was feeling really um, busy at the time because I had billing stuff going on. I had finished with a full day of clients and I get this news that I'm going to be taking on something else, which turned out not to be that big of a deal. But in that moment, it felt huge. I felt like it was so like too much. And so um, Bhavna that I work with was, we were coming down the steps and we were Again, Gretchen's office is right there. She's right outside my office. Everything. And so I was <laughs> saying goodbye to Bhavna and I said, oh, you know, it's just, I, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed with this. And she's like, yeah. I'm going to give you another hug. And I was like, yes. yes, just take a moment to be like, okay, this feels really overwhelming at the time, but I'm not in it alone. And yes. if I need to reach out to people, I have the right to do that. Yes. You know, I can't say I have to take all of this on myself. Everybody else is too busy. Like, ask well and people have a hard time asking again mm-hmm. like i i am a hugger by nature so like when i first meet you people go to shake my hand and i'll say hugs i'm a hugger because i feel like there aren't enough hugs in the world and i reap benefit from them but yes. so does the other person so, so it's the science somewhat, behind it so I'm, the science I'm curious. I know, oh my gosh i love it so the science behind hugging is is that part of it i think is physical contact but it's how much physical contact and the fact that we are being embraced. Mm -hmm. So when you are hugging someone and when you have been hugged for 20 seconds, if you can hold a hug for 20 seconds, it triggers your brain to release chemicals that bring about calmness, ease, and contentment. Mm. So it is literally something we talk about before where, um, we did the long out breath, mm-hmm. right? And how when we have mm-hmm. a shorter inhalation and a longer exhalation, that it triggers something in our mind mm-hmm. to calm our system down. Your whole central nervous system. Your whole central nervous system. This is the same thing. Oh. So when we're mm-hmm. hugging for 20 seconds, it triggers your mind. You're safe. Mm-hmm. You're secure. This You're okay, mm-hmm. right? Everything for this moment is okay, is mm-hmm. basically. And your mind goes, <sighs> and just chills out. Mm. So this is a great thing, especially if you are talking with someone and you are sharing with someone about all the unhelpful thoughts that you're having, or maybe you're not, maybe you're just with someone and you say, Oh my God, I need a hug. Or maybe you don't, maybe you just say, you want a hug, right? Maybe you offer it to somebody else, mm-hmm. but you're also reaping those benefits, mm-hmm. right? So offer hugs where you go around, accept hugs when they're offered to you. It benefits them. And it doesn't as matter. As long who. as you feel comfortable with that, because maybe well, there yeah. are some people that you're like, eh, I don't really want Well, to of work. course. Yes. <laughs> don't accept so- hugs from weird people. <laughs> <laughs> Only from people that you're comfortable (laughs) with and people that are safe, especially when you're hugging for 20 seconds. If you think how long we often hug, we're going in, we're like going tap, tap. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's like three to four seconds. You 20 seconds is you are standing there and being embraced and embracing another person through long breath cycles, Mm -hmm. right? Like 20 seconds feels like a long time when you're hugging somebody. Oh, sure. So well, and there are maybe people build up give, to it. There are people that give really good hugs. And it's funny because um, we were at a family function and um, one of my cousins had said to me about another cousin, she goes, oh, yeah, she's a great hugger. And I was like, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like certain people, you know they just people. like... Not the tap tap on no. your back, but um, well, again, I'm, it has to be somebody that you're comfortable with because if you don't like yeah. the person or you're kind of like creeped out by them, yeah. like 
holding a hug for 20 seconds is a long feel time terrible and you might not feel safe absolutely yeah don't put yourself in an unsafe situation you definitely want to only be hugging people that you feel safe with but i'm definitely that person that like somebody comes in for a hug and they do like a tap tap and they go to let go and i'm still holding on and i'll say like oh no i'm gonna hug you longer than that because a lot of you can also sense sometimes when people need it right mm-hmm. like christy you the other night that mm-hmm. was really intuitive of bhavna to be able to see that right and it wasn't just because i was there to witness it it wasn't just a like uh, tap tap yeah she really hugged you mm-hmm. and you were like thank you yes. right like it was one of those things that as humans we can do for each other and that can be really helpful in resetting our mind to be thinking again in that more neutral and more realistic way right Um, Another one of the things that I love to do that, again, is like mentally helping with our uh, nervous system, the central nervous system. Um, One of the thought stopping techniques that they taught in um, DBT, I think it was, Mm -hmm. dialectical behavioral Mm -hmm. therapy. So this is something that, again, relates thoughts to emotions to actions is um, ice water. So if you get a bowl a big bowl. I'm freezing already. I know, but we don't have to do this now. <laughs> and a big it's bowl. It's not always for everybody. It's so not this always might for not everybody. be my technique, but go not, ahead. Not always. A big bowl, uh, fill it with like, crack like an entire thing of ice into it, and then fill it with with cold water. And what you're going to do is put just your face. Ah. You're going to put your face. I know, but it works. You're going to put your face into the bowl. Count to five, not seconds, just one, two, three, four, five. Pull it out, wipe your face off, long, Mm. deep breaths. What that does is it automatically triggers the um, sympathetic reaction. So to your nervous system, which is your fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. Um, So your body, you're going to come out and go, right? right? Like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And it makes you go very up. It rushes your body with adrenaline. And then as soon as your body realizes, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. It automatically triggers the parasympathetic nervous system, which calms you down. That makes rests you, and repose yes. that we talked about before. Low mm-hmm. breaths. Your heart rate slows. It calms you down. You can all, If you don't want to stick your face. Well, and it sounds like a very good technique if you're very overwhelmed or, yes. you know, you're really stuck in your head and you need something quickly yes. to snap you out of it. Again, like we said, different tools at different times. And if, it's a, long, and if it's a long day and at the end of the day and you're taking a shower... Turn the hot water off just for a second and shock yourself with the cold water and then put the Mm -hmm. hot water back on. It does the exact same thing. I have a lot of people that feel weird about sticking their face in a bowl of ice water. Totally fine. But you can bring about the same reaction by doing a cold shower. Not a whole cold shower, but you're in the shower. Turn the hot water off. Let that cold water hit you. Turn the hot water right back on. It'll bring about the same reaction um, and it will calm you immediately. It stops your thoughts immediately okay so another thing that you can do when you're having negative thoughts possibly get out a pen and paper right now write down um, these seven things um, that you can ask yourself whenever you have negative thoughts popping up whether they're about yourself or a situation so the very first thing is says who whenever you have a negative thought in your head say say this out loud Mm -hmm. (laughs) says who who is the person that you know um that is saying this. Who yeah. is the person? You know, di- are you saying this? Did this come from somebody else? Mm-hmm. Right? So then in line with that, the next question is, have I heard someone say this thought before? A lot of our thoughts, like Christy and I have said, come from our childhood. Mm-hmm. They come from um, the thoughts of our parents, right? My dad was very critical. And so now I've internalized his voice mm-hmm. and I am critical of myself and others, right? So have I heard someone say this thought before? 
Well, and then do I like this thought? Yep. Is this a thought that makes me feel better? Am I feeling better about myself when I have this thought? So go ahead and ask yourself, um, is this something that's appealing to my life? Is it something that gives me possibility or joy? Or if not, like, why are you going to fixate on it? You can choose to stop thought thinking about something as much as you um, can choose to to think about it so that do i like this thought and does this thought make me feel better that's right three or does four. this serve me mm-hmm. right is another way to kind of say do i like this thought yeah um the next one is does this thought make me feel better right so negative thoughts obviously are always going to make us feel worse we're tearing ourselves down mm-hmm. instead of cheering ourselves up like in the last podcast christy you said be your own best friend instead of your own best enemy so if this thought doesn't make me feel better remind yourself then then this is something that I want to let go of. I want to reframe it into a different mm-hmm. thought. And number five is, does this thought work for me? So when you're having a thought, is it useful? Is it productive? Yeah. Is it helping to get you to where you want to be? Is it serving a goal or a purpose? Yeah. Or is it something that might be acting as a barrier? So many thoughts that we have are barriers to where we want to be um, in our lives. The next one is, am I in control of this thought, right? Does this thought have any kind of hold or power over me or are you in control of it? Um, It's important to recognize that ultimately, we are in control of all of our thoughts. Even if we do feel like there's no way, that's a thought that probably is deeply entrained and entrenched mm-hmm. from very, very, um, like a young point in your life. So am I in control of this thought? The, the answer is always yes, you're in charge. So if you don't mm-hmm. want to think this way, you have the power to change it. Even if it's by telling yourself, this thought no longer serves me. I'm not going to think in this way. This is not helping me. I am in control, right? Tell yourself the things that you want to believe. And finally, do I want to keep this thought or let it go? And this idea of letting things go, people say it all the time, but how can we practice it? So in visualization cues, Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes in meditation or in yoga classes, you might have heard this, like, let your thought be on a cloud. If the cloud is like constantly moving away. Um, One that I use with people is putting it on the billboard of a bus. Yeah. And just you're standing at the bus stop. You see it on the billboard. You let that bus go. Um, You can visualize writing the note or the thought on a note. Yep. And putting it in a bottle to go out to sea. So whatever works for you, like it might sound silly, but it really does. It really does work, work. especially the visualization part. And so like some other ideas is that you can take a negative thought or negative feelings and emotions and imagine putting them in a container Mm -hmm. and putting a lid on that container and then sending that container down a river and over a waterfall, putting it over a bridge, putting it behind a big wall or a castle. So again, mentally you are creating distance Mm -hmm. from that negative emotion or from that negative thought. This thought, this feeling is not who you are. Mm -hmm. It is a part of you and you have a choice whether or not you want it to be present in this moment. And having that choice and acting on it is so empowering. Because oh, for sure. Once you've done it, it's like, oh, yeah, I, did, I, I made myself believe that I had to think or do a certain thing, and I really don't. Well, and especially because so many of us <clears throat> think that we are powerless when it comes to our sure. thoughts, that when we finally are able to do something, it is extremely empowering. Yes, thank you. So we have some questions. I know or we're running comments, out of time. really, yeah. I guess, yeah. So the very first one, let me read this here. I think that everything is my fault. I try to rationalize everything to make sense of things, leaving me understanding a person when I should be taking behavior for what it is. 
I always think about what I need to do better or what I should have done differently. Taking the responsibility from any other person and internalizing it. Cures for that? Yeah, absolutely. And language is a big thing too. So I see in this question, there's an always, yep. uh, this always happens. And then I also see in here, I should. So like we were talking about the unhelpful thinking patterns, um, the way that we're talking to ourselves and how we're seeing so situations. Important. So important. Mm-hmm. Also, I see that I think everything is my fault. So we're taking on all responsibility. This is where we can use that 50-50 shared or realize that in some of these situations, you're probably more likely not the cause of whatever it is that somebody else is doing. Mm -hmm. So the next one is says, I do lots of thinking. Uh, Then I overthink and then overthink the overthinking. (laughs) Me too. I'm working on stopping that cycle. Any techniques would be great as I'm not a one, as it's not a one size, one ticket ride to fixing the long-term bad Mm -hmm. habit. So again, everything that we talked about before, if you're looking for an immediate thought stopping technique, doing the ice bath, doing a cold shower, Mm -hmm. wearing a, a rubber band on your wrist and snapping it just to kind of bring you into the present moment can be really helpful. Yeah. And then following that up with a grounding activity, whether it's some sort of breathing or just doing a few yoga. We'll be talking more about yoga meditation practices, but just doing a few stretches about really honing yourself into the environment that you're in right now, scanning, saying like, this is what I see. This is what I feel. This is what I hear. Um, Those are helpful too. Also, again, having one of those trinkets, right? (laughs) So if you come up with uh, an intention or a neutral affirmation that you can tell yourself in those moments when you are overthinking the overthinking, you can have something that will remind you of that. And then you can read that affirmation to yourself. Mm -hmm. And also remember to be very kind to yourself as you're learning these new things. Don't beat yourself up and say, ah, Well, I can identify that this is an unhelpful habit and I just can't stop it. That means I'm a bad person. That means I'm never going to get this right. It takes time. Like we said earlier today, that these habits did not happen overnight and they're not going to get better. You know, if you've built up a big mountain of stones, it's going to take one at a time to take them off. So, all right. Um, Next question is, I struggle with thinking about my body image. I don't know how to get my get my head to see what I really look like. And for a lot of clients that I work with, um, they'll say the image in the mirror doesn't match the image in my my head. head. It doesn't. Well, and specifically, I mean, I think all women struggle with this. Many men struggle with this. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that has really helped me is I, I read this book recently Um, and I actually lent it to somebody because we were just talking about this issue, um, where our eyes, again, I'm Mm science-minded. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) He's a scientist. Our eyes see things in two dimension, Mm -hmm. and then our brain translates them into three-dimensional, um, objects. So everything that you're looking at in the world, including yourself, whether it's in a mirror, in a picture, with your own eyes looking down at your body, Mm -hmm. all of those different things, we are not ever seeing ourselves accurately. I don't even know if we're seeing each other accurately. Right. Seeing or feeling. Because there's such a disconnect between that mind and body and Um, We've talked about the therapy practice that we're at. We have a lot of um, body integration activities because sometimes you have to really feel your what you're feeling in your body and that brings up a lot of negative um thoughts for people and so in order to avoid those negative thoughts i'm just gonna like disconnect from my body but um to answer your question that's a place that you can start um for as bad as it might feel um sitting with 
who you are and you know how you're feeling is a very necessary part to starting to um, address those. And again, if you can come up with something that you can say to yourself, um, what I often say is, I want to get to a place where I'm okay with how I look. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be able to accept myself for who I am. Right. Right. So and again, about how different people are and like you said it's our own perception so you can think about this culturally too in some cultures they really favor larger women yep in some cultures they really favor thinner women and so and, and that's just using women as an example for guys as well so guess what whether you're in a country that favors the way that you look or whether you're in a relationship that favors the way you look, you're the person that's with yourself. So learning to just accept the reality of that yeah. is getting out of your head. I am who I am. and I'm not going to be anybody else. Sure. Yeah. All right. So the next uh, comment that we have is this. My struggle is that historically I'm very, very direct and I cannot bear an injustice. I have to say something, even if it is the wrong time or will lose me friends or will make me very unpopular. I just have always been the one who speaks up. Now, more recently, I've been trying to let stuff go and not immediately be that guy if something is wrong or incorrect. But even though I'm largely successful, it's all rolling around in my head thinking of all what I should have said or done to the point I'm actually a bit depressed about it. And now I don't know whether I should go back and actually say something or if that would be just to make myself feel better. So that was a long winded way of saying, how do I just let go of stuff and stop it playing in my head? Is it possible to learn how to be more laid back after 30 plus years of the other? Oh, yes, yes, it, it is. is. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, a lot of practice. what we talked about, practice makes practice. perfect mm-hmm. um, or practice helps with prof- um, progress. Well, and the fact that you're uh, who wrote this is being self-aware and saying, hey, I recognize that I don't want to be this way, so I'm trying these. You said you're trying these things out, so it's very new. So expect old patterns to pop up and also expect that nothing is perfect. So you can't cure every injustice. You can't even make people see that as being an injustice. So... um, well, and there's a That's lot of the shoulds. Letting go. There's mm-hmm. a lot of shoulds in here, right? Mm-hmm. So I imagine that because you're saying that historically you're very direct and you cannot bear an injustice, that you're telling yourself these people should know better, right? They should know this. And so because they don't, I need to teach them. You're taking on a lot of responsibility for other people's behaviors and actions. Mm -hmm. You're also judging a lot of other people. Um, And that brings about judgment of yourself. So because you're in a judgmental mindset, you're more likely to be judgmental to yourself and turn those shoulds and things back to yourself. The best thing to do again is how do you want to reframe those thoughts? How can you reframe them so that when that thought comes in your head, Ooh, I should say something. Can you change that into, I want to say something? Well, do I? Mm-hmm. Or it would be beneficial if I said something. Would it? Mm-hmm. Who are you saying it to? Am mm-hmm. I saying it to one of my best friends who's actually going to hear me? Or am I saying it to the checkout person at the grocery store? Is it really benefiting me and that person? Next question is, I grew up with a very critical father. Critical mostly of other people, and I cannot switch off the idea that everyone is being as critical of me as he was of others. That is huge because there are very judgmental and critical people in this world. And the reason that they are judgmental and critical is because they don't feel good about themselves. Correct. So that's a projection. Um, And learning to look at another person, and that's just going back to the example I gave of my friend who came, um, she was upset that... Her husband was upset about a thing. And instead of being able to label what it was, he emotionally, he can't do it. So yeah. taking ownership again over 
this is the way that I feel, even though my father was this way. And guess what? You are going to encounter people that might judge you. That are critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you need to separate yourself from those people. And like I was saying before, I also grew up with a father who was very critical, just of like, because he was science-minded. It was always factual. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, no, that's wrong. This is right. Right. Because in science, there are times when it is like that. Mm-hmm. And so I then internalized a lot of that critical thinking. Right. Um, Black and white. Right. All or nothing. Analytical mm-hmm. thinking. And so as you can tell, I do still have a big part of me that is very science minded. But I also try to be very aware of when that internal voice that I am hearing is not my own. So again, mm-hmm. when we talked about those questions, mm-hmm. asking yourself, have I heard somebody else say this before? Is this something that my dad would have said? And leaving that beyond them. It's yes. not your responsibility to take on other people's crap. Correct. If they're going to be upset about something, if they're not going to be able to communicate it, all you can do is, in couples counseling, I draw a line. And so I'm on this side of the line. You're on that side of the line. I'll meet you in the middle, but I'm not coming and dragging your ass to the other end of the line. True so, story. Yeah. So um, taking control over what it is that you can and, you know... Um, Cannot. Uh, right. Control. Right. And yeah. leaving it on that person is a good way. The next one is, I'm an overthinker, which usually leads down a critical rabbit hole. I easily jump to worst case scenarios with all things, even the simplest things. Mm. Yep. And so again, this is, we talked about that um, catastrophizing behavior and all those things. So again, the more awareness that we bring to the way that we're thinking, as soon as we can catch ourselves and ask ourselves, how am I thinking? Is this thought beneficial? Is it serving me? And if it isn't, how can I reframe it? And write it down. Yes. So if it's something and talk out that, loud to yourself. Yes. If you're going down the rabbit hole, hurry up and write down the thing. And then just simply looking at it, creating that distance, learning yes. to say how, you know, how can I look at this in a more neutral way? Right. Maybe put, way. again, using that third person technique if you need to, if it feels too personal, all of those kinds of things. So next question, how do I love myself when I keep comparing myself to myself? Oh, stop comparing. I know that's easier said than done, Mm -hmm. but I do it all the time. And what I say to myself, and again, out loud, if I can, even if I'm in a public place, I whisper it to myself is comparisons are never helpful. Comparing myself to other people either makes myself feel bad Mm -hmm. or I'm comparing myself to another person to make myself feel better. And either way, it's not a good situation. It's not. And everybody has their own life circumstances. I remember when Reagan was here, we were talking about that timeline and saying like, this person is here. I'm, I should be there. I should be, you know what? I did something different with my life. I chose to go this path and taking ownership over that is a great way to say, wait a minute. I made these decisions. I made these decisions. Yeah. And this is where I'm at now. Doesn't mean I'm going to be in the same place five years from That's now, right. hopefully. So bringing yourself again into what is, where is it you're at right now? Comparisons, period, end of story, are never helpful. Never. They really are never helpful. Um, the next one says, I am the person who tries to do all the things. And then when I can't or don't, I get really hard on myself. Ironically enough, I'm the first person to say, hey, my house is a mess too. Or you can't do it all. It's okay not to do all the things and so on. I can't take my own <laughs> advice ever. I think it stems from growing up with a mom that's like the energizer bunny. Worked full time, did the majority of the cooking and cleaning, and still mommed like a boss. Me, on the other hand, can't do it. How do I learn to let stuff go. Well, there's a comparison there. A big Absolutely. Comparison. Huge comparisons. Mm-hmm. Yes. That you can't be your mom and you know, you're you going to be able person. to. Sure. Absolutely. And it also goes back to the thought of therapists having therapists. 
We yeah. all can't be the one. And so many people are like, oh my gosh, I'm the best at giving advice. But like taking that advice, no. It's so hard. Um, and it's easier the more that you practice it. But um, again, it's just when you're starting at the beginning, it's going to take a lot of time and work. It's not yes, easy. It's Therapy not. is a lot of work. And making change to yourself, again, to things that have been there for so long is really hard. So I would encourage you to start first with reframing a lot of these thoughts. I would write them down. You've already written them down wherever you posted this. So I would take them and I would change them. So when you say things like you said to other people, hey, my house is a mess, so is so so yours can be too, right? Or it's okay to not do all things. Can you use your name? If it were me, can I say, it's okay for Gretchen not to do all things. It's okay if maybe I don't have everything right. It's okay if I can't get it under control. The other thing is realizing that your mother didn't do all things, right? right? As children, we look up to our parents and we think that they are superheroes and we think that they are amazing. They are not. If you're a parent now, you know what I'm talking about because it's constantly Mm -hmm. a mess. I never know what I'm doing. I always feel like I'm not good enough and I just keep trying my best. So realize again, that you are putting your mother on a pedestal, which is not helping you in terms of your negative thinking. Mm-hmm. And one other thing I wanted to address in this question, because it's similar to a previous one too, um, saying I am the type of person that needs to do all the things. Yeah. Or earlier, I am always the critical person, or I am this way. That's labeling things about our personality that yep. we are absolutely able to change. So the thing about saying I'm always this way or I've always been this way, it's um, taking away your power to make changes. And yeah. you can, guess what? You can be the person who used to do all of the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can be a person who does some of the things that you choose to do, yes. right? You get to figure it out. And that goes back to our reframing of um, those affirmations of what is it that I'm telling myself and can I be more realistic about the things that I can and can't do? Yeah. Next question. Um my parents like to put me down. So a lot of times I'll decide that I'm going to do something and then their negative thoughts get in my head and I start overthinking everything and generally end up not doing what I wanted to do because I've already decided that I'm going to fail at it. And I'd rather quit than have my parents tell me I told you so. It's something I came to the realization recently. I don't know if this is what you're looking for, but it's something I do frequently. First of all, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's terrible. It is really and, hard. Um, there's nobody that we oftentimes want to please more than our children or our parents or yeah. our partner. And if you have somebody in your life that's overly critical, like that that can mess with your head big time. It's really and, hard to get out of mm-hmm, that mental space. Being in a toxic relationship. And this is a relationship you can't choose. <laughs> you can't break up with your parents most of the time. So... Um, when I mentioned preparing yourself before going into a situation, maybe you don't tell them everything yeah. off the bat. Maybe you, you know, learn to be very selective with the information that you give, yeah. or you wait until something's done and say, hey, I did this and this was the outcome. So, I mean, but also <laughs> some parents can't let go of that outcome, yeah. you know, or you should have done this differently. Right. So again, letting their reactions be their reactions trying hard not to personalize it well and i think sometimes too it's helpful to try to understand things from their perspective Mm -hmm. i truly believe that innately we are all good people that do things again behaviorally based on the way that we think and feel Mm -hmm. i know that 
There are lots of parents out there who are very critical of their children because they love them so much, because they don't want them to make bad choices. They don't want their children to be in pain. They don't want their children to fail because that will be hard for them Mm -hmm. and it's painful. So I don't know if this is a situation with your family, but I think sometimes it's important to realize that not everyone is doing this because... They're coming from a bad place? Yeah, Mm -hmm. or because of, oh, it must be because I'm a bad person or I'm not good enough. And that's what happens is like my parents are really critical to me. And so internalizing, I think to myself, it must be because I'm not good enough. When really it might be more something based on their thoughts, not you, right? They think, oh no, I don't want my daughter to fail. So I'm going to, you know, be really critical. And they are. And that's, they're not doing it because they don't think that you can be successful. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, there's one other thing, Gretchen, you were saying that um, sometimes they want what's best for you and that's their way of showing it to be critical. But recently, um, Lojo Rinsler is a meditation teacher and he is do um, his practice of loving kindness. So we're learning loving kindness towards ourselves. So a mantra or meditation that you can have are four things. Yeah. So you might want to write this down too. Um, may I be happy. May I be healthy, may I feel safe, and may I feel loved. Yeah. That's what everybody, and like you, going back to you saying that everybody's innately good, I believe that as well. So may I be happy, may I be healthy, may I feel safe, may I feel loved. Not everybody is healthy. Not right. mentally, physically, um, not everybody feels safe. Some people, you know, have been through a lot yeah. of trauma in their life. Um, not everybody feels loved and so not everybody feels happy and those are the people that are likely to be over overly critical and judgmental of things so in your mind saying oh maybe they're not you know performing at their optimal level because those four things they're not feeling Mm -hmm. and giving them some compassion and giving yourself the right to not take that on and not taking responsibility right like we talked Mm -hmm. about when we were going over the ways that you can combat these unhelpful thoughts is not saying this is all because of me. Don't Mm -hmm. personalize these things, right? They're being critical because I'm a bad person. No, that is not Mm -hmm. the case. It is more likely that it is about something with them Mm -hmm. than it is something with you. Um, Okay, so the next one, it says, I'm super self-critical. I see others' talents and abilities and make sure to tell them. But when it comes to myself, I'm never quite good, able, clever, or fit enough to do the stuff I want to do. Classic perfectionist, really. Yes, I agree. And again, all of these, some of these start to become redundant because even though the thoughts might be slightly different, the way that we address them is very similar, Mm -hmm. right? So you are putting yourself down. Why? How is this serving you? Mm -hmm. Who has put you down in the past? Mm -hmm. Who's putting you down now other than yourself, right? The voice that we have inside of ourselves and the beliefs that we have about ourselves come from other people more often than not in our childhood. So think about where are these thoughts and beliefs coming from and what are the thoughts and beliefs that you would like to think about yourself and how can you reframe those? Mm -hmm. And a simple um, tip to doing that also is to celebrate things. Start celebrating the most like redundant and ridiculous (laughs) things. Like you made your bed. I got up in the morning. High five yourself. Or just, you know, get in that habit of saying the things. Uh, Again, that's like using your brain as a muscle of over and over and over. I don't have to say things that are unrealistic or that I don't believe. And then all of a sudden I'm going to believe them. It's just saying 
you know, the things that are going to be helpful. Or maybe and, challenging yourself yeah, to well, say like two, three, four, five non-critical things. They don't have to be positive mm-hmm. things, but can you tell, can you identify five non-critical things that happened in this day? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a start because right now you're stuck again in that rut of being, everything is critical. Mm -hmm. Everything is being seen through the critical lens. And in order to get yourself out of that, we have to be able to identify things in a non-critical way. Right. And then also remembering from a perfectionist standpoint, nothing can be messy. But guess what? In life, everything is messy. Everything is messy. So the perfectionist mentality might mean this is what I perceive as being perfect, but it's not. So again, it's just being, you know, being aware of what your own habits are and calling yourself out when you have to. Totally. Last question is, um, I struggle with a lot of entrenched thinking and ruminating, but the worst feeling like I owe somebody something. I hate having anyone do anything nice for me because whether it's giving me a gift or walking my dog or dropping off my packages at the door instead of in the lobby, I have an obsessive need to repay them so that the playing field is equal in my mind. It's deeply um, intractable and it has impacted my friendships. I would like to know how to change negative thinking patterns in general or this if you want to get specific. I think this is a really hard one that all I I struggle with this as well. I think everybody does. Um, Again, like I love giving, 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 giving. And then when people do things for you, it does. It's like, oh, no, are they keeping a playing card or something? Well, it goes back to that messy, like nothing is perfect. Um, Nothing is ever equal. So reciprocity in a relationship is so important. I'm going to do things for you. You're going to do things for me. And they're going to be different things. Yeah. And so you can't say like, I imagine, um, what is Chuck E. Cheese that the kids go to? And yeah. each item has like a specific number of tickets. Yeah. You're never going to be like, okay, I gave you this that was worth 60. You gave me that that was worth 20. So I still, so owe, I still you owe you 40. Right. Yeah. It's never going to be equal. And in couples counseling, this comes up a lot of this scorekeeping of, well, I did the dishes. Well, I did this. Well, I did that. And you could go back and forth. But at the end of the day, like, is this something worth arguing about? Or is it something that like, yes, life is busy. We have a lot of responsibilities and it's going to take work. So again, like when you start ruminating um, about things, that's a place where you can throw a wrench in it and say, hey, wait. Maybe your thought is, this is never going to be equal. And that's okay. Well, and again, pull yourself out and answer these questions that we gave, Mm -hmm. right? Again, how can I think differently about this situation? That is like probably the biggest thing that you can do or any of us can do when we're thinking in ways that we don't like because they are pattern based. So if we want to think in a different way, we have to stop, wait a minute, and actually like physically Turn Move yourself, yourself yeah, in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Like instead of sitting in the same way, stand up, turn around. Say not helpful. Right. <laughs> say this is not serving me. This is not helpful. I will no longer think in this way. Mm-hmm. This is not what I want to be. This is not how I want to think. And change anything, something, even if that's all you do. If mm-hmm. that's all you do, you're making a great, amazing, wonderful step in changing something for the better for yourself. Sure. I think that along with owning our stuff and letting people own their stuff without us taking it on is a big thing. So what you brought up in this question also brings up other people. So yes. if Gretchen, if you feel like you did this and it cost X amount of money and that I owe you, Something, we need to talk about it's it. It's your responsibility to be like, hey, um, and you owe me 20 bucks for whatever. And that's fine. Like, right. I'm not supposed to read your mind. I'm not right. supposed to say, 
she must feel this way yeah. if XYZ. Like, no. Well, and, and it's trusting the other person. Trust is huge in relationships, especially if you've had other friendships or upbringing or relationships where you've been hurt by the other person or the other person hasn't been able to communicate with you. You might learn to shut down and say, oh, that happened in the past and I'm never going to yeah. do this again. But it's about if you're going to be in a relationship, any relationship, you need to have trust in the other person and a commitment to that relationship. Well, and if you're not sure, ask. We talked yeah. about the before with the boundaries. That if yeah. you're like, oh, God, I feel like I owe them something. Check in with them. Especially yeah. if it's people that are, quote, unquote, important in your yeah. life. Right? Like, if that happened with me and Christy and I felt bad, this happens all the time, especially because we're over together all the time doing this podcast. She's like, I bought dinner. And I'm like, do you want me to give you money for that? She's like, no, it's fine. Yeah. And then like, oh, I bought bagels. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that okay? Yes. Because, and if at any one point she's like, actually that dinner was $90. Mm-hmm. Can you split it with me? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Being able to have that open communication with people that you trust, right? So again, people that you feel safe with, that also helps to deepen that safety and that connection with that person. Right. I now know that Christy and I can have conversations about money and we can make sure, and even though that can be really tricky and hard, mm-hmm. it feels safe mm-hmm. because she's always been open to that. I'm open to that. And we both know that we can do that with each other. And we don't keep like too much of score. It's kind of like... You know, if something, right. like I'm you not. Said, if it's really big, then like, yes, saying something. And also, if you're in a relationship with somebody and they can't tell you exactly what they want or how they feel and they um, become resentful of things, like, is that somebody you really want to be friends with? Very so, true. Yeah. We'll get there when we get into a relationship podcast. That'll be for future <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> I think that'll be about 25 podcasts. Literally. At least. All right. Well, um, thank you for listening to Conversations to Connect with Christy. And Gretchen. If you like our show, want more information, and want to connect with us, go on our website at www.conversationstoconnect.com and follow us on Instagram. We hope this episode has given you some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking with a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com, or you can contact your insurance company. Also note that our podcasts are now available on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe so you know when new episodes are coming up. Like us and put a review. See you next time.